This episode is brought to you by our Patreon page over at patreon.com slash gamezilla media. Which means this episode is brought to us by you. Right? That's how not it works. no, not me. No, no, the fan. Right, yeah. The yes. listener. We're talking when I say you, I mean the listeners. Yes, the the figurative you, right? Yes. But nobody else is in here with us as we record this. Who I'm are you lo- talking I'm about? I'm looking at the computer when I say it. Oh. Oh, oh no. Alright. So just go to GameZilla Media on Patreon.com. There you'll be able to choose your patronage level and get different access to the shows. So you can get exclusive content for The Legend of Retro and Noobs and Dragons. Noobs and Dragons? The show with that handsome devil, Craig WK? Well, almost all of those words were right. Yeah. And if you go on there and sign up, you can also get access to a private Discord channel in our Discord group. Basically, the more dollars you give us, the more things we can give you. Exactly. So go to patreon.com slash gamesillamedia and become a patron today. Do it. Yeah. Prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is the Legend of Retro. And welcome to this week's Legend of Retro podcast. I am Chops. This is Craig WK. I'm The Glitch. And this week, we are going to be talking about a game where is he half man, half bomb? What percentage is he? It is Bomberman 64 for the Nintendo 64. That's right. Uh, Released by uh, Hudson Soft on November 30th, 1997. This adventure game stars the Bomberman as he saves his world from marauding space pirates. Now, uh, funny... The release date that was at the North American re- release date. That was the North American, yeah, release November thirtieth. Europe got this before us. Well, good on them. Oh, Europe, really? Europe usually uh, does gets games way later than us. Uh, so, so good on them. Yeah, they usually get the runt of the deal. It seems like years later, they don't even get games at all. Yeah. So, what's the rundown of Bomberman games prior to this? I mean, like, I know the N sixty four was a very defining moment for games where it changed a lot of like Mm -hmm. what the structure of those games were like with Mario 64 and a few other ones like Legend of Zelda um, Ocarina of Time games prior to this Bomberman games were just almost like puzzlers right yeah, I mean, they certainly weren't adventure games. Uh, they, you know, it was sort of like you you had an arena, uh, and there were blocks that you could destroy with your bombs, but your bombs also hurt you. Right. Uh, so you would, like, place a bomb, run around a corner, and they sort of exploded in, like, a cross-shaped pattern, you know, left and, uh, left and right and up and down. And uh, and it would destroy blocks and enemies. And so you would have to, like, trap enemies and not be trapped yourself. Get power-ups by breaking yeah. things, mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. But this game kind of opened it up. It became a top-down adventure game almost, right? Yeah, it's definitely an adventure game. Uh, there, it, It's sort of a puzzle adventure game, you know, because a lot of the, the game is you finding objectives or something or, you know, whatever the case may be. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's certainly a lot more grand in scale, you know. It's like big giant arenas you can go through and, you know, wander around these big maps. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so it's 3D. It's Bom- the first 3D, actually. It's the first, yeah, the first 3D, and you're able to walk in like eight different directions as Bomberman. Even though it's not the first Bomberman game to call be called 3D. Oh, it's not? There was a Bomberman 3D, or 3D Bomberman in, released in 1984, which is strange because it's not 3D. Well, like, it's like a, mm-hmm. like a first-person Bomberman. Weird. Huh. Did we get it in America? 
Is it Arcade or something? That was released on the MSX. MSX. Yeah. Oh, okay. MSX is kind of an interesting system. It'll be fun to eventually touch base about that on Legend of Retro. Uh, but it, MSX was not in America, right? Like, we didn't even get it, did we? No, I believe that was just a European-specific console. European and Japan? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was in Japan, too? I'm well? pretty sure it was in Japan. Um, I, Yeah, I'm very sure. Did you guys want to give a guess as though? So there's a lot of games in the Bomberman series. Yeah. Do you want to give a guess what Bomberman 64, what number it is oh. in the series? Uh, I'm going to guess one, two, three, four, five. I'm going I'm to uh, take a shot in the dark and say seven. I'm going to say this was the seventh Bomberman game. I'm going to go 11th. 27th. Holy <laughs> cow. What? Yep. What? There are, there are so many games because I, I pulled up the Bomberman oh series God. and I was just looking at the timeline and I'm just, what? Oh, oh, okay, there's this. Oh, oh, what? So there's just like multiples, different names. They There's not even like sequential, like Bomberman 1, 2, 3, anything like that. They're just all named differently. Did Bomber King, Bomber things, and they're all in the same series. Oh, you know what I also forgot about? Uh, uh, the TurboGrafx-16 was a system made by Hudson Soft. So, of course, they had a ton of Bomberman games. Oh. When I was doing up the math in my head, I didn't even consider all the Bomberman games on the, the TurboGrafx. And I'm sure there were a few there. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's there's a, there's one that I pulled up from the from the TurboGrafx-16 uh, that looked pretty interesting. The it was Bomberman and it had a great graphic for the for the cover. I don't know if you guys remember. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You show, shared it with us. It's just like a guy <laughs> with like a bomb shaped helmet on and like some armor holding a bomb, getting ready to throw it just so lightly. Yeah, yeah very gingerly. He's th- he's throwing that bomb. Yeah, the uh, some of the some of the art for well most video games I guess back then were, were was a little iffy. Uh, yeah, so uh, I wanted to touch base on the power-ups, though, for Bomberman 64, because uh, I, I had so much fun with all the power-ups when I was a kid. So uh, you had uh, uh, the ability to uh, gain items that would give you more bombs you could place. You had like uh, an item that also ra- increased the rate of your size of your explosion. Yeah, because it was more of a wave instead of a cross. It was like a radial yeah, it was Yeah, exactly. It was like in a spherical explosion uh, instead of just like, you know, a cross shape, like you said. Uh, and so uh, the the other power-ups, though, my two favorite were the remote bombs, mm-hmm. uh, which was just tons of fun. And there was also this, like, uh, power-up that, like, turned your explosions blue, and they got huge. So, uh, so Bomberman has a bunch of different little tricks in this game. Uh, he can kick bombs away from him. He can, you know, make bombs and just drop them. He can pick them up and throw them, or he can pick them up and pump them up mm-hmm. and so Bomberman like essentially like he doesn't like there's no animation for it but it's almost like he sets the bomb down and he like uses an air pump to like increase the well, size he, like a he, balloon he holds it above his head and it like and it just and it throbs yeah yeah yeah, so like, but when you do that, the size of the explosion increases. Right. So, like, if you have the power up that raises the size of the explosion and you have the blue explosion and you pump the bomb up, it's oh. almost like a nuke going off that you just can't fills go the anywhere. Screen. Yeah. It's insane. It's so much fun, though. Uh, yeah. And, and you can also use the bombs to jump. Because yeah. he can't jump or swim in the game. Um, nope. But you would, like, throw the bomb down and then jump up, like, land on top of it, which would allow you to bounce. And then you would go onto another platform. So, so there's a couple of ways you can do it. You can use the bombs like to, as a like a makeshift platform where you yeah. hop off it. What I thought was always kind of tricky. I always had a hard time with this when I was younger playing this game because I I owned this one as a kid. I really liked it. I, uh, what you do is you place a bomb behind you. 
and you're right near a wall. So you throw the bomb against the wall, but it can't go anywhere. So it knocks you in the head. And if you get knocked around in Bomberman, like you just get like dizzy. You you have like, you know, you don't die unless it's like an explosion usually. So it knocks you back into the bomb you just had, which knocks you forward into the bomb you just had land on the ground and it then bounces you to where you want to go. And that's how you jump in this game is like you sort of throw yourself into bombs and bounce around and get knocked around. Yeah, and the speed running of this game, it uh it's used quite a bit, the the blowing up and bouncing in your head and jumping on bombs mm-hmm. in a weird weird ways. Yeah, you skip a lot of platforms that way, and it bounces mm-hmm. up to, to 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 levels where you usually have to go a long route around to right. get to. Right. Yeah. There's like like the opening level, you have to knock down these pillars and you mm-hmm. have to activate these platforms and like there's those ones I think you have to activate, but there's places yeah where you're t- waiting for a, a platform to come back around on its path. Well, you, you could probably pretty much just bypass it by using those kind of things. Yeah, it's uh, it is definitely interesting all the different little like uh, tricks uh, that are in this game. Uh, to top it off, it, it almost has a, a, a collect-a-thon style like sort of feel to it just because there's like hidden things in the game, these like gold cards or whatever. You know, so there's a, a plenty of stuff that's hidden in the game that you can find the the, the worlds that you're in are pretty expansive. They're all pretty cliche, which is kind of fun. You have like the grassy area, you have a water area, you have a like a volcano with like lava, and then you have like an ice area. There's always an ice. There's always, always got to be an ice. A snowy oh, ice level. Oh, you seem upset by that. Why just why is there always the ice or the snow? Equal opportunity levels? element Come levels. Come on, it, all elements deserve a chance. <laughs> but also, I'm sure it's because like the game programmers are sitting there and they're like, "How are we going to make this this like game scale and difficulty?" And one of them's always like. What if we just made the controls garbage for a while? And they're like, no, no, no. They're going to see through ice. Ice. Slipping on ice. And that's how they trick you into just removing good controls. Every game has it. Yeah, pretty much. Any adventure style game usually has an ice area. Or a water level or Mm -hmm. something. (laughs) Pretty much. Something painful. Now there's uh, so there's four stages in each world, right? Yeah, yeah. There's a puzzle stage. Mm -hmm. Then there's a mini boss. Uh Uh-huh. Another puzzle stage, and then the the boss of that area. Yeah. So, uh, uh, so there's really only like kind of two areas to explore, like per map, right? Right. Although the the areas are pretty expansive, uh, it's kind of interesting. The uh, uh, I feel like the 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 sort of the character design, if you will, is kind of cool though. The like uh, uh, what is it, Altair, who's like the the mm-hmm. robot dude, or, or is it Sirius? No, Altair is El- the is the the leader. Boss. Yeah, He's the, the leader of the space pirates. Altair is the leader of the space pirates. So Sirius. So you have uh, there's Artemis as oh, well. Artemis. Yeah, there, there's a, a whole bunch, but they're but the designs all look kind of cool. Like they, I like the, I appreciate the style they yeah, use. Orion, Regulus. Um, I don't remember who else. So Sirius is the one that's helping you along the way. Yeah. Who turns out, like, spoiler alert for Bomberman 64, <laughs> but he turns out to actually be, like, the main villain, right? Like, well, is it- It's not that he... He's only, the first mini boss in the first world. You face him, but it's more like he's trying to train you. Well, I thought that when you beat the game, if like you've unlocked everything, I th- isn't he spoke like the the oh. dude who turns in the jet? Like, isn't he the one who's like, oh, I was secretly trying to get a hold of this like evil power myself, ha ha ha, and oh, then you have to defeat him. I don't think I came across that. I, I could I be have crazy. No idea. The I, weapon is the Omni Cube. By Omni-cube, the way, Omni Cube. Yes. That's uh, isn't that in Marvel? Uh, isn't that the Tesseract? Ah, uh, never mind. Uh, never mind. Cube of What's it called? It's not just called the Tesseract. What's it called? The Cosmic Cube. Cosmic Cube. Omni Cube, Cosmic Cube. Sorry, I mixed them up. You know, potato, potato. But yeah, serious. So he comes in. Your your whole village is being attacked. 
Like Bomberman comes to the whole planet, your whole planet, yeah. By the space because they blow up a previous planet to yours, and then they come and get yours. Is he serious? Swoops and he's like, "Hey, uh, yeah, I see they're doing that to your to your people over there. Uh, I can help, but uh, you got to do it all, and I'll just kind of give you direction on what to do." Like that's how the introduction of the game starts. He just kind of comes out of nowhere. He's like, "Hey, yeah, yeah, I don't like him either, but uh, you got to do all the work." He's also a transformer. He turns into a he's jet. Also a transformer. <laughs> Yeah, he's a transformer. I love it. I so I I I I also appreciate the the it's cheesy and over the top, but like I like the fact that like in order to unlock the what is it like uh, the black castle, black fortress, the black fortress. I you I you have to like you know beat these levels or whatever. But the the kind of the cool thing is the fact that like the like the uh, the black fortress is has chains across them and it's holding on to these planets. So these plant like these planetary pirates are like they're li- they're literally stealing worlds, like entire planets and like you know like uh, stuff like that or like wor- you know entire like uh, uh, areas and stuff. They've ripped off other planets. They've sort of got chained to them and they're just floating around in space, like gathering up. It's so weird. Areas, yeah. It's- it's, it's, it's kind of so weird. It Imagine looks cool, the though. size of those chains that would have to be made. Pretty big. Wow. Pretty Keep big. A lot of jobs, keeping a lot of people busy. Hey, <laughs> if that's anything to say, they're supporting the chain making union <laughs> in planet sized chains. Well, I mean, they're pirates, though. So really, they just hijacked the chain, the planet how are you chain. Steal? Those union. chains are so big and happy. How are you going to just steal those? No, no, they steal the people who make them. Oh, they're slave owners. Got it. Yeah, they're not great. Uh, so the once you, uh, uh, you know, uh, unlock the, uh, or, or actually, I'm sorry, once you've beaten the Black Fortress, unlock everything in the game, there is a hidden area, the Rainbow Palace. It's like sort of a bonus area to oh. the game. Yeah, there's a, uh, there's a, a t- there's honestly a ton to Bomberman 64. I, I never got very far in the game. Just it wasn't my wasn't your thing. Wasn't my. Th- I mean, I le- I love Bomberman. Like on the Switch, I've played that one a ton. But on this style, same thing with Mario 64. Just that style wasn't anything that really tickled my fancy. Really, yeah, I had a friend in elementary school who who had this game. Mm-hmm. I remember going over his house. As he would play it, and that's the only you know. That, I, growing up, that was the experience I had with this game. Oh, now I because uh, this was uh, uh, I, I feel like a pretty early game in the Nintendo 64's lifespan. You know, it was one of the more early releases they had, and so I got a hold of this the first Christmas. I pretty sure it was the first Christmas after the Nintendo 64 was out. Maybe the second Christmas. Because when did the Nintendo 64 come out? It was, was 96, that? right? Oh, okay, so this was a year after. It might have been 97. We'll have to uh, double check that. Because I feel like I got this pretty dang early in the uh, life of the Nintendo 64, and uh, and I, I really enjoyed this one as a kid. I, I'm pretty sure. June 23rd, 1996. Oh, okay, so this was the year after. So I had this the Christmas, or maybe it was even the uh, the uh, my birthday after. Uh, the so Nintendo you got it after. Out. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying, like, I got it. Uh, uh, pretty had, recently, yeah. yeah. It was it was early in the life of the system, but yeah, uh, yeah. the yeah. So anyhow, the uh, 
the multiplayer though was probably the the more fun part because like yes. the, like I, I enjoyed the adventure mode or whatever, but like, you know, when you had friends over, you know You're not gonna play the adventure mode. You play the battle mode. Yeah, yeah. exactly, you know. And so Which I, is more classic style of Bomberman or no? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's sort of on like a, a weird kind of angle like sort of an angle like uh, uh down. It's sort of isometric almost. Uh looking kind of down on like the at the front of the uh you know multiplayer stage and so you had like a pyramid you could go to you had like a like a warehouse you could go to it's like a few different stages or whatever you get an ice stage yeah uh, and an ice stage it's all you all you're complaining about <laughs> you can see you can't see uh, uh glitch he's like one vein is throbbing in his forehead when he thought about that ice stage ice ice baby ice and i just want to see it <laughs> so i uh, so uh yeah so the uh, the multiplayer stage though i uh, you know there's a, a bunch of different like i uh, i uh, there were like curse effects like you could you could get like a skull and it would like do bad things to yeah. you or whatever and so uh it like it just offered a ton of fun and like ridiculousness i think like uh the skulls like could make you like invisible right like uh, uh i'm trying to think of like what uh, the d power ups were yeah, i don't remember there was quite a few though uh these like weird curse effects and stuff and uh, I think when the time ran out, didn't bombs start raining down from like the sky or whatever? Yes. That was, or no, I like, I like or was that. it? Or that might have been a thing too, but I feel like the, the stage started shrinking. I know in some of the stages, like the, there is the ice stage that the stage does shrink. Yeah, oh, okay. So yeah. Gonna, I think you're going to push to the edge. Uh, if you're losing time, so yeah, I think the the stage itself would start altering to try to end you to finish the the, <laughs> the verse mode uh, faster. Uh, yeah, I had a, a ton of fun uh, playing around with the multiplayer in this. Uh, me and my buddies who uh, uh, would eventually form my home D and D group uh, that get together every week. Like for a, quite a while, we played this game uh, uh, quite a bit. Oh, oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So um, back in, the, I mean, this was even before. Uh, like we started our D and D group, but like that group of friends that like I I had would that would eventually form like our D and D group. Who was the best? <sighs> I, you know, uh, I honestly think that it might have been uh, uh, our buddy Sean, the arcade phantom, who joins me on Noiseland Arcade. I feel like he was always pretty good at Bomberman. Uh, I don't remember specifically if he was the best, but like I I always remember him usually you know uh, doing pretty dang good. I, uh, so I, uh, so the multiplayer is a ton of fun. Uh, there's also like different outfits you could get, like an unlock. So That's like, a classic thing with Bomberman, right? Like being able to change your outfits and everything. I don't know about the earlier games. I'm I not sure. It always if this, was. I'm not sure if this is the first or not, but like I, you could give like Bomberman like cowboy hats yeah. and like samurai <laughs> armor. Like the the set like, I was. Is he supposed to be wearing a bomb on his head, or is that uh, just like just how he is, being half bomb, half man? Chops, yeah. Uh, your opinion is greatly appreciated on the yeah. show. I don't hate you in the least. Thank you. And I'm a liar. <laughs> oh, oh, all right. Sorry. So for our listeners, <laughs> I, I wouldn't want there to be any inside <laughs> jokes that you miss out on. Uh, I was I, wondering when I was going to get to this. So uh, there, there was a, a speed run recently. Uh, 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 what is it? Uh, awesome games done quick, 2019. Yes, thank you. So. Uh, somebody was speedrunning Bomberman 64, and so uh, uh, 
glitching chops were already watching it. And I stopped in after work and I was working pretty late. So I'm you know tired and I get in, I sit down and we, we start going through some of these speed runs and you know, everyone's very impressive, you know, what they're doing and stuff that's, and it's all for charity. It, it's great. However, uh, some of the color commentary uh, was less than stellar. And Bomberman 64's commentators, like I, when when the game starts up, I'm thinking, okay, I want to know what like the the basics of the game. I want to know like you know how this person is doing these things, these speedrun tricks. And so like we're starting up the game, and like you know the the person who's playing is like, okay, I, you know, in order to skip this cutscene, I have to like you know like start up a record and then reset the game, and it's faster that way. And it's like, oh, okay, all right, yeah, that that makes sense. It's it's something that's relevant. What's going on to the speedrun? And so like they start this person starts playing and the the commentators behind them are just like one of them's like ah so is he like half bomb half man what is this about what i'm sorry what you're the commentator for bomberman 64 you should know the percentage of bombed man that is bomberman 64 like what are you doing right now i was so angry like listening to this commentator and so like i'm just getting more and more mad and like chops who just like feeds off that it's just like Hey Craig, how you liking this speed run? Like how you liking this speed run, Craig? Like, like you're enjoying it, right? Like you really look like you're enjoying it. I didn't enjoy it. Chops. They did run that game in 2015's uh, charity event, mm-hmm. and that's done by uh, Lively Raccoon, who actually, him and his couch did a lot better job explaining the game, explaining. Man- oh, the maneuvers and stuff like that. So I, I think we were just kind of caught off guard on the fact that these people were just not, not good at explaining much at all. It was almost they were hanging out. They were just hanging out, having a good time. You know, I don't uh, see the problem. I, you know what they they like what happened right? The person who was playing the game like didn't have any commentators. Ran outside into an alley and saw some hobos, and they're like, <laughs> "Listen, my vagabond friends, come on in. We'll give you. We'll let you get out of the cold. Let's go ahead and have you talk about Bomberman 64." That is the commentation that we heard was somebody who was alien to what a video game was, to what Bomberman was, to what humor was. They were just joking, Craig. They didn't do a very good <laughs> job of making me laugh. Well, then. let's go over that speedrun record. Let's uh, hear the speedrun records. So, uh, yeah, Lively Raccoon actually still currently has the speedrun record. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did in uh, 2016, and it's. Uh... Greg, you want to guess? You want to give a guess? Because you're the for the any percent normal. <sighs> yeah, this is not game. collecting all the items. Okay, because there's like gold cards you can get and things like that. I, I, you know what? I feel like there's a fair amount to this game. You know, the, you got to run around. I mean, I'm sure there are tricks to like getting avoid, like avoiding like platforms and stuff. But like, I don't know. I'd still say probably like three hours somewhere in that range. It's 23 minutes 55 seconds. Oh well, then 23 minutes. Mm-hmm. There are, and he's held this record for two years. Okay. Yeah, there. Uh, there's a lot of walking around. Like the puzzles are kind of linear, but if you can get to certain areas, mm-hmm. that triggers the end for the stage. Um, there aren't a lot of glitches in the game, but I did find that there was one glitch that they use a lot at the Black Fortress uh, in stage one. Yeah, there's a mini boss, and you can actually skip this mini boss by uh, when you enter the room, you go up to the top platform and mm-hmm. you knock yourself down. Um, if you collide into one of your bombs. Then if you hurry up and use a bomb and kick it off the stage, you kind of hover a little bit based on it's like a stair platform. So oh. they, I guess the game doesn't realize that you're still maneuvering upward. So it kind of places you above the level 
and you just kind of hover over the area that would trigger the mini boss. So you just walk past where the mini boss would be, walk to the end of the stage, and you're done. Interesting. That's pretty slick. Now, what do you think the hundred percent run is? If the any percent is twenty five minutes, hundred percent completion of the game. Uh, hundred percent completion. Now that is going to take longer because you got to find all the stuff. Hundred percent completion. I'm going to say. Well, I was way off on three hours, so let's go ahead and just trim it down to two hours. An hour and a half. One hour twenty seven minutes. I wasn't too far off. I like this guy's name. He's held this record for four years. His name is Foot Big Mike. Foot Big Mike is, um, I mean, Mike has foot big. He does. Mike is a big foot. Foot big. He suffers Mike. from foot big, unfortunately. Yeah, he suffers from foot big. He's got chronic a chronic, foot big. chronic case of foot big. <laughs> uh, Hour 27 minutes. Wow, that is that is real impressive. Uh, because I'm sure that if you if you handed me this game, or if I loaded up my Wii U, which has it on virtual console, I think that's the last place we could play this, uh, you know, aside from the N64, I... I think it would take me a lot longer than that to find everything. Yeah. A whole lot longer. Probably longer than three hours. You think so? To find everything? Yeah. yeah. Without like a guide or anything to help me, uh, it would take me a million years. Even yeah. with a guide? Ooh, with a guide? I, it was certainly longer than, than you know, foot big Mike. <laughs> uh, There's a lot of crates. There's a, just a lot of hidden stuff in these games. There's almost, mm-hmm. it would take a lot. Too lo- much hidden stuff? Yeah, too much. I don't know the too much. I'm not. I don't know. I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, I, I I wouldn't say too much, but uh, but yeah, no. I uh, uh, Bomberman '64 is is a ton of fun. I didn't realize that the uh, like the times on the speedruns would be that quick though. Yeah, it's it's a. I love games like this where they're they're execution heavy. You know, about being in the right place, hitting it in the right spot, mm-hmm. going timing needs to be right. Um, I liked watching a speedrun of Castlevania. We watched a little bit of was it Simon's Quest? Or oh, did we not end up watching? Uh, that? You guys might have seen that one. We watched uh, Symphony of the Night. Oh, we watched Symphony of the Night. Yeah, that one's execution heavy. Like, and you're dashing. You have to be consistent with that, uh, making sure you're getting through, hitting those those those. Um, Jumps or skips or whatever down through the map. Oh yeah, it's uh, like crazy. it's crazy these speed runs, and I don't know. I really enjoy seeing some of these uh, be so execution heavy because yeah, it, it's really cool. It's real skilled mm-hmm. in the Bomberman sixty four one when they're doing the uh, the jump. So the, you can throw a bomb on the ground and then or you put a, place a bomb. If you throw a bomb on top of it, the bomb bounces. Oh yeah, yeah. And they use that also to get to really high platforms because what they'll do is they'll throw a bomb down. Get hit by it, place a bomb behind them, jump on that one, throw two bombs down in front of them. They're bouncing, jump onto the top one that bounces them up, and then they jump. And it's it's like a timing thing that they just do Man. multiple times throughout the run. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I, I you know, it's funny because like one of my uh, the things I would do in that game a lot when I was just like not necessarily like trying to like really get through the game, but just play around, you know, uh, I would totally do that. I would make weird bomb towers and stuff and then detonate them with like the remote bombs and stuff. <laughs> I, I had a ton of fun with this game, not necessarily actually going through the game, just like doing weird, stupid stuff like that where I would just be like, all right, well, wonder what will happen if I launch a remote bomb here? Can I still detonate it? Like, you know, OK, it went in the water. I can't detonate it. And I would just experiment and do like stupid stuff like that so like for a while there i played this game less to get through it and more just sort of to like explore and like you know do dumb stuff like that that's pretty cool it was uh it was a lot of fun i 
I do uh, uh, want to get into the uh, music, though, of course. Of course. Yeah. Why Anything for you, Craig. Oh, thank you. I. Uh, so the music is uh, composed by uh, Akafumi Tada. Uh, Akafumi Tada uh, did not really compose much video game music. I had the, a really hard time finding a video game aside from Bomberman 64 that uh, uh, Tada had done. Uh, and if you guys had done a little bit of research on the music, of course, correct me if you know I'm, I'm way off base. But what I did find out uh, that I thought was kind of interesting, because the music sort of fits this kind of style, and I think you guys will agree, is Akafumi Tada has done a fair amount of music for anime. Huh, okay. So Akafumi Tada has done some music for uh, some of the Tenchi Muyo series. All right. If you're familiar with uh, uh, that, they were kind of big in the, the like late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, you have the Pokemon series. Uh, Akafumi Tada has done some of the music for like Pokemon movies. Uh, and there's another anime in particular which ties into the video game thing, Final Fantasy Unlimited. That's, a, that's an anime series? It is an anime series. There, I didn't know there was one. There, uh, Coincidentally, we'll sidebar here for just a few moments. Uh, Final Fantasy Unlimited is not the first Final Fantasy anime. Huh. There's a, a Final Fantasy anime that was vaguely based on Final Fantasy V. And it was like two movies, I think. Or maybe like one long movie. Uh, it came out in America in like the, I don't know, early 90s or some mid 90s. And it was like uh, uh, it was like about this quest above this boy trying to find a crystal. You know, all right, Final Fantasy stuff. Final Fantasy Unlimited uh, was, uh, you know, quite a bit later than that. It was like in the, uh, I think the late 90s, uh, mid to late 90s it came out. And it was kind of weird. Like, I couldn't get into it. There were chocobos and stuff. You know, there were Final Fantasy stuff to it. But, like, the 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 main characters were, like, this, like, young boy and girl and this, like, older girl that, like, they befriend. And they end up finding this, like, dude with, like, a pistol who's which is, like, you know, he can, like, load it with, like, I don't know, arcane magic or something like that. And he's, like, this, you know, uh, 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 kind of a, a BA with a heart of gold style character you know where he's like you know in a trench coat with like the the big you know wide rimmed hat but he's you know he's like secretly a good guy and it's kind of hokey but uh but yeah it uses uh, uh some final fantasy kind of uh motifs and stuff so it's kind of interesting that akafumi tada did sort of another video game thing but it was an anime based on video game pokemon too hmm. Yeah, I thought that was kind of uh, strange, but uh, let's go ahead and uh, listen. Uh, first, uh, the glitch you had uh, the uh, like kind of the the opening like title theme, right? Yeah. So there's like a video that plays at the beginning, kind of shows a little bit of gameplay. Mm -hmm. Also goes a little bit through like uh, the protagonist in the game, um, and it has a really cool intro. So we'll, let's listen to that. That is a nice little uh, jingle. Little jingle. It's like a Mega Man theme almost. I can yeah. kind of feel like an opening yeah. level to Mega Man. It does X, have a, a, you know. a, a very Mega Man kind of quality to it. The uh, the themes that I've chosen are not very Mega Man-y, though. Uh, they're way more laid back and kind of mild. 
So let's go ahead and listen to the uh, uh, the first track. This is uh, the main, le- like the, I mean, you can choose what level you go to, uh, but this is the green resort uh, theme. This is the, uh, like, green the, garden or green garden. You're right. I'm sorry. Blue resort, green garden. How silly of me to mix those up. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the green garden theme is uh, the sort of the, the not really the first level, but it's sort of the main level. It's the most basic of them, you know, of the four you can choose at the start. So uh, let's go ahead and uh, give this a listen. song reminds me of like 90s anime it's like super upbeat and kind yeah, of poppy really does uh let's go ahead and uh, uh in this song too uh, uh blue resort uh is is another kind of like sort of poppy upbeat kind of mild song uh but i i really enjoyed both of these uh themes a lot let's go ahead and give this one a listen sound like a cliche water level theme honestly felt like i was relaxing at the beach (laughs) it's great i love it i yeah the uh the music in the game is is real laid back real chill i uh i really enjoyed the 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 tunes of the game and uh yeah all in all i i really enjoyed bomberman 64 quite a bit when i was uh younger it was uh sort of you know like on a whim, I think, you know, it's just sort of like, well, the Nintendo 64 doesn't have that many games out. I guess we'll try this one, you know, and did I, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I'm looking at the cover right now of the game. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he's got some angry eyebrows. 
Well, that was sort of the the cliche thing to do in America was, you know, in Japan, you would have box art and it looked, you know, kind of like happier and like more yeah. mild. And they when they brought it to America, it was like, no, 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 it needs to be edgier. Yeah. And they would put angry eyebrows on like Sonic and Kirby and stuff. If you look, especially Kirby, Kirby is notorious for this. If you look at Japanese box art compared to the American box art, Kirby is so much more angry in America. Really? I gotta look this up. Yeah, you should absolutely check it out. For any of our listeners out there, you know, just make sure to uh, uh, compare the two. It's like, it's, it's real interesting that like, you know, they're like, oh no, America won't like it if it's cute. Make it angry and edgy. Just, just don't Google. Yeah, and it's real weird when you look at some of the the Kirby artwork where, like, the, in America he's he's got his shoes on, and then in, in Japan he's got his shoes off. He's got these really big feet. Do it's not really Google weird. Kirby feet. <laughs> Google Kirby feet. No, do not. Just Google do Kirby not. feet. It's so weird. Only one out of three members of. <laughs> I vote that Xander would agree with Xander would agree with me. So half of the group votes. Xander's not here to help you. Well, now, I, I speak on his behalf. <laughs> now we know that's a lie. <laughs> uh, any final thoughts on Bomberman 64? Uh, you know, I do have a final thought on Bomberman yes. 64. Uh, my buddy Andy, uh, who I've grown up with over the years, is not as big of a fan of this game. And the, uh, like, and he like, and I know that. And so, like, when I would go over to his place, like, and you know, we'd be, he'd be like, "All right, what game do you want to play? You know, what video game do you want to play?" I'd always just to make it mad, be like, "Bomberman 64." And he'd be like, "No, I'm not playing it." And I'd be like, "No, it's cool. We can take turns." And I would purposely just always ask him to play Bomberman 64 just to annoy him. You should do that now. Like, just surprise him out of nowhere and be like, hey, you want to come over or we'll go hang out? Or you already have plans and he comes over and you're like, oh, we're going to play Bomberman 64. You know, it's funny you say that because, like, uh, uh, there was a, a not not that long ago, maybe a few weeks to a month ago, I... Uh, I had gone over to his place and, he, and I was and I was kind of like, man, I kind of want to play some retro games. Uh, and he was like, oh, okay, yeah, we can do that. He's like, do you want to play? He's like, I have a Sega Genesis, I have a Nintendo sixty four, I have a GameCube. I was like, how about Nintendo sixty four? And he'd be like, and he was like, oh, okay, what game do you want to play? I'd be like, oh, you know what game I want to play. <laughs> and he was like, he's like, oh, son of. A. And I was like, yes, Bomberman sixty four. Why did he not like it so much? I I'm not sure. I I don't think it's his favorite style of game. Is this yeah. your friend that was really good at Smash Brothers? No, no, that was Tans. Tans, uh, okay. Tans, Tans is a monster at Smash Brothers. Uh, I I I think Tans played actually he uh he played a, a fair amount of Bomberman 64 with us in our multiplayer matches because gotcha. he eventually joined our our D and D group and stuff. My home game. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, he poor just, Andy. Poor, poor Andy. Probably indeed. the most tormented by Craig there was. Oh no, absolutely. He is. He is a hundred percent the most tormented by me. <laughs> Arguably, maybe my sister or mother. But uh, but yeah, Andy's in there too. No, oh, jeez. Any other thoughts? Uh, it's a great. It's a great uh, battle game. I like the battle battle mode in it. So it's a good party game for mm-hmm. the N sixty four. And that's I think what really helped the N sixty four was the fact you could do four player mode for things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, uh, that was Bomberman 64, but let's get into our Retro Relapse. Jones in for a classic game. It's time for Retro Relapse on the Legend of Retro Podcast. Retro Relapse. All right. I would like the glitch to introduce this one. Uh, This week, I had the guys play Bill and Ted's Excellent Video Game Adventure. On the NES. <sighs> this one was made by... <sighs> Monsters. 
It was made by Monsters. Acclaim Entertainment, but under their LJN oh, label. LJN. Oh, yes. LJN. LJN's the winner for this one. LJN has made so many. Well, they've published so many crummy, just terrible video games. And this they're almost a, all licensed. This is a licensed game. Bill and Ted's yeah. excellent video game adventure. Yeah, and it was released in 1991. And it's not an adaptation of the movie, but rather serves as an original continuation to the film. Yeah, so they go through all these different timelines to talk to people from history. Uh, I mean, similar to the movie in, in, in a way, but uh, you're going to like Cleopatra. You're going to Thomas Edison. So it's all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, but when the game starts, you can only go to one time. It was one time. Yeah. We, we figured out the right one. Yeah, eventually. so they did eventually figure out the right one. But th- the way you traveled back in time, you have to use coins that, uh, oh, God, I can't. Um, George Carlin, what's his character's name in that movie? Rufus. Rufus, yes. Rufus, Rufus gives you 15 coins and is like, all right, you got to use these coins to get back in time. And the way you travel, you have to, it's like a mini game almost inside of it where you're you're in the telephone booth and you got to shoot to the numbers on the phone. Yeah. It was so bad. And if you miss it, you go where? All over the place. I mean, it just it would shoot it you all over the screen. Yeah, it was awful. It I was mean, Chops was in control, so I think that was the mistake to begin oh, with. Oh yeah, blame it on me. <laughs> I it will. wasn't my fault. This game is dumb. Um, yeah, <sighs> B- Bill and it, wait, now here here's something I'm kind of confused about. I, uh, well, I'm a bit perplexed. This game came out in 1991, right? Right. Uh, yeah. Didn't the Super Nintendo come out in like this is the end of the Nintendo's life, right? Like the Nintendo has only a few years left before it's there's no more. They don't make games for it anymore, right? Yeah, SNES came out in '91. I I don't know if it was before or after this game was released, though. Regardless, though, the <laughs> the Nintendo is not going to last much longer than this. Like once the Super Nintendo hit the market, then the Nintendo what what they pulled out of the Craig, Nintendo. You're heated about this. <laughs> I am because they made this game and it is so terrible. It is a really really lousy video game. They made this god awful piece of garbage, and it was at the end of the Nintendo's life. Like they didn't have any excuses. They, they couldn't just be like, oh well, you know, I'm you know Nintendo's kind of fresh. It's you know we're still experimenting with things. They should have had a formula for how to make this game, and they failed miserably. This is clearly a cash grab. You would have rather this be released on the Super Nintendo? If they could have done it good or well or average, sure. (laughs) But they didn't. They did not. But it's canon. It's a continuation of the movie series. <laughs> well, listen, I'm, I never really got into Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure anyway. So maybe maybe this is is just right in line with the movies, but the gameplay is terrible. The controls is, are so bad. I will say it is exactly like the movies where you have to jump over lawns. You, you <laughs> need coins to get in this booth. Oh, but when you get, uh, stuck, you on, you get stuck on the lawn. Oh, you get stuck on the lawn. Yeah. In, in the movie, they get stuck on so many lawns. It's ridiculous. I don't understand why why they like there's so many expanses in this game that are like grass, grassy fields. Mm. And as soon as Bill or Ted jump into the grass, like they can't move. They get stuck. So you have to keep jumping. Because every slackers. time you jump, you just fall over. Because they're from California and there's just tons of concrete. They're not used to grass. Is that 
Is that how it works? I have no idea. But the game, they're supposed to be rescuing historical figures from mm-hmm. different time periods because there is, like, time pirates that have kidnapped some? Of course. Um, time pirates. And if they don't get history right, the boys will miss the big concert that will launch the <laughs> Wild Stallion's music career. Wouldn't they just see... What, I mean, isn't the bigger fear that they would cease to exist because time has changed? I feel like the band no, not they'll, getting they'll together... Miss, they'll miss the concert. I mean, I feel like the band is the least of your troubles at the, at no, the thought of the, you not the existing. The premise of the movies is that they must form the band Wild Stallions and perform a concert that unites all the world together and creates a perfect future race. Did you know that? Did you know that it was like part of the time, part of the movies? Yeah, I blocked a bit of that out of my head. Yeah, that's the real story, underlying storyline in there. In the second movie, they 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 partner with Death and they f- fight him basically in a chess match. Don't they have like robot versions of themselves too? They're fighting. They have do- yes, they have evil versions of themselves. I, I, I would much rather the the continuation that. You know, Bill and Ted's excellent video game adventure had featured death because maybe, <laughs> just maybe, yeah, I would have had my wish granted. Yeah. And death <laughs> would have come for me because this oh, game boy. is terrible. Oh, boy. So what are you going to rate it? I rate Bill and Ted's excellent video game adventure a one out of eight. Wow. The controls were so bad. Wow. The mini game to get to the game is terrible. This is just garbage. There is nothing redeeming about this game. Except for our uh, retro relapse video that you can find <laughs> on YouTube. Make sure to give it a, 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 a watch. It was a lot of fun. Gamesville Media on YouTube. Oh yeah. Glitch, what, do you, what are you giving this game? So I'm going to dish out my first one out of eight as well. Wow. This game is just terrible. It's real bad. One. You're constantly getting chased after. When you get caught, you get put in a jail cell. And there's... You break out of jail easily. Okay, you just walk out the door. <laughs> oh, yeah, they don't have... Uh, they, they do not have doors They've got the money to, to use guards to catch criminals, but they don't have the money to keep guards to watch <laughs> criminals. I don't even know if they were guards that catch you. I think it's just oh, they're like, guards oh. from the medieval times. Because you know what happens when you're a stranger in a medieval land? They just throw you in jail. That's all they do. Now that actually may be slightly more realistic. He's a witch! He's a witch! Get him in jail! He's a wizard! It turned me into a newt! <laughs> I got better. Um, I will give this game, in, in a big surprising uh-huh. turn of events, uh-huh. one out of eight. <laughs> this uh, game is awful. For the record, uh, Chops... Uh, the glitch and I had talked before this episode. And oh, if, yeah? And uh-huh. if you had given this any more than a one out of eight, mm-hmm. we would have murdered you. <laughs> oh, really? Just thrill kill. Murder chops. Wow, that's weird. Right on the air. Well, then I wouldn't have been able to make it to my Wild Stallions concert. <laughs> and then, uh, joke's on you, future is going to get worse from there. You know what? I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm sure you are. There's nothing I'd you love mad more. Man. After this game has just sullied my happiness, I'd love nothing more than to sully this world and all the people in it. Oh, okay. There's nothing okay. I would love more than the destruction of this planet. All right. Well, uh, we're going to take a break uh, while I recount my life and everything that's valuable We have to an me. exorcism we have to <laughs> That's right. right Listen to one of our sponsors. 
Hey, it's me, everybody, Tim Kittrow. I'm here to talk to you about Old School Gamer. Old School Gamer is the magazine for gamers. It covers arcade and retro gaming, gives you gaming history and in-depth interviews with people like me who are there, and it lets you know what conventions are happening and when. Issues come out once every other month, plus a website full of even more razzle-dazzle, and it's all for just 30 bucks a year. So visit OldSchoolGamer.com and subscribe now. Boom-shakalaka! Ooh, I, uh, I appreciate the, uh, you calming me down with yeah. that exorcism, guys. Are you okay? Do you feel better? Do you feel like something left your body? I mean, there's so many in there that, like, I mean, oh, God, you know, it doesn't really matter. One? Oh, man. Uh, okay, get that. It's going to be a long day. Can tell that priest he's part of GameZone Media. We're going to have him on call. <laughs> Bring Father O'Malley oh, in. God. He's on The Legend of Retro. Oh, man. All right, so let's get into uh, our, our music bracket. Yeah. This is, uh, uh, we have uh, some uh, uh, pretty fun choices here today, don't we? Yeah, we have a uh, one choice on one hand that is a classic choice for, for I don't know how. Classic it, choice for uh, classic games no, and classic it, it's this. A, it's a classic turn of events. Uh, an ironic choice, as, as people will say. Mm-hmm. It is the intro to DuckTales, the video game. <laughs> I love this because you hate the moon so much, yet you enjoy the the rest of the music of the game. Yeah, this song's pretty pretty bopping. I got I'm not gonna lie, and it's going up again with uh, against wizards and warriors. Now, so the, two NES games, up two against NES here. games yeah. up against each other. This one is composed by Hiroshige Tonomura for Ducktales. Did I say that right? Uh, Hiroshige. Hiroshige Tonomura. Tono, I think Tonomura sounds right. Yeah. Okay. And um, we'll just give this uh, lovely track a listen. Based on the cartoon, obviously. Yeah, of course. This is the the you know theme to not only Ducktales the video game, but they just basically took the Ducktales uh, uh, cartoon theme and made it the opening. And uh, I really, really dug this uh, uh, show as a kid. You oh, know? I loved this intro as a kid. <laughs> yes. Oh man, I I like the the show, the game, so much about it. I I. Uh, uh, like and and I think in our Ducktales episode we even go more in depth into our love of the series and the cartoon mm-hmm. and stuff and and yeah they uh, uh it's just so wonderful to hear it in eight bit chip tune Ducktales it's the great. remaster of the song is amazing I mean the remaster but is basically just the opening to the cartoon it is but it's but still the classic game it's just there's something about it that's it's classic so right it's classic very classic it's a classic game and a classic series and a classic <laughs> system with classic tones hitting my classic ears <laughs> now next we've got wizards and warriors composer david weiss 
who we've talked about before. David Weiss has had multiple uh, uh, tracks for our opening music bracket because he is the composer of uh, one of the composers for Donkey Kong Country. That's right. David Weiss does great work. And, you know, throughout Legend of Retro, we're always talking about like these, you know, Japanese composers because, you know, for that era of gaming, Japan really dominated the market to be sure. But David Weiss worked magic. Like he was great, you know. So let's go ahead and uh, give him a listen. That's a great Short medieval. Sweet. Yeah. Very, yeah, very medieval. Uh, it, I, it's very Baroque. I think it's it's brown. It, it reminds me of like Beethoven or or mm-hmm. um, Bach kind of things like that. It is interesting that you know you have the the Nintendo and you know it, it has a limited you know the it has a limited ability to provide sound, of course, but still somehow it manages. To let us listen to it and have us be like, oh, I think that was Baroque. Like, yeah, it's not just yeah. like, oh, that sounds old or something like that. It's it, it you you know, it, with the right composers, they knew what they were doing and they could elicit that kind of feeling and sound and stuff. It does. It does have like a Sebastian Bach, like you said, sound to it because it is very reminiscent of of uh, was it Takagen Fugue? What's that? Uh, his big uh, oh, arrangement. Uh, I can't think of what. Well, it's Bach called. has so many arrangements that are. You know, but but yeah, I know what you're talking about. I there there is a particular uh, uh, work from Bach that I'm pretty sure that's you know based on. Yeah, you know? I don't know what you're talking about. Which one. <laughs> but there's complexity in it. Yes, and and it's but it's unique and it's like there's it's a simple complexity to it. it mm-hmm. And I don't know, I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they do it, but they did it. Yeah, I, I'm amazing. I'm hardly a musician. I've never been able to play any instruments. I've never really gone out of my way to learn or anything. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it always blows my mind hearing you know this video game music where it's just like you know you had li- like limited like it's not like just like you went to a, a a band and you were just like hey play this music I'm gonna record it and slap it on this video game they couldn't do that you know there's no way it wouldn't come out well at all uh, in fact like uh, games like Maximum Carnage you had band like the band Green Jello. Uh, you know, where they like did their best to work their music into it, but like, you know, it's not like they could just record it straight over. Mm-hmm. They had to like rebuild the songs, you know. So, uh, so like, yeah, with this, it's, you know, it, it's just crazy that, you know, all these, you know, incredibly talented composers were able to to design their own music, uh, even in some cases, like if it was based on a work from Bach, but still translate that so well into a video game. Yeah. So make sure you go to Facebook.com. And look for The Legend of Retro and vote on your choice for this round of the music bracket. We have a few more coming up for this first round, right? Yeah, so we, we just have a, a few more. We're almost done with the first round. But seriously, all your votes count. I mean, we've had so many that have come down to one or two votes. It's, yes. Everything's been really close. I mean, there are a few that are, you know, bust out winners. Um you know, like the Pokemon was obviously a oh big sure winner. sure so some are definitely dominating. Um, and Ma- Mega Man three was a big winner too, right? You know, and kind of blew up, but uh, everything's been really close so far. 
yeah, it's uh, it is crazy that you know, like you know, because in a lot of cases, I think when it comes to like voting on things like this, you know, it, the the first thought is like just like ah, why would I bother? It's taking time out of my day, and it's not gonna count anyway. Right. But clearly, it is counting. You know, there these votes are coming down. You could swing close. it to one side or the other, like. Uh, that's how Earthbound Red Alert happened. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there was um, quite a few matchups we had that were just super, super close. So, so yeah, make sure to find us on Facebook and also hunt us down on Discord. If you go to GameZillaMedia.com, you can find a link to join our Discord, chat with us and uh, the rest of the community there. And then we have a whole bunch of uh, uh, perks on Patreon, of course. If you go to uh, www.patreon.com slash GameZillaMedia, you're going to get early access to our retro relapse videos and and also our monthly Game Shark show, uh, which we have, uh, you know, each month that we provide you a bonus episode, basically. That's right. Uh, be sure to check out all the other shows on the GameZilla Media Network. Uh, we have the GameZilla Podcast, which is our mother show, uh, talking about current gaming. We have Noobs mm-hmm. and Dragons. We have the Movie Blast with Bob and Bax. Uh, there's also Last Action Podcast. And a new addition was the... Uh, Noiseland Arcade, which is all about the Simpsons mm-hmm. television show. Yeah, if you're interested in that, uh, not only uh, uh, can you just find Noiseland Arcade on the GameZilla Media Network, of course, but also go back and listen to Bart vs. the Space Mutants. Uh, we brought uh, Sean, my buddy, the Arcade Phantom, uh, who joins me on Noiseland Arcade, and we chatted about uh, the the very first Simpsons video game. It was a ton of fun with, uh, with the glitch. Yeah, it's a good time. All on GameZillaMedia.com. So... Mm-hmm. If you're not finding it on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, all those places, you can always get it on the website. So thank you for listening to this week's Legend of Retro podcast. We'll see you all next time when the legend continues. continues.